This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays is back after... A historic Game 7 for Jason Tatum and the Celtics, who are headed to the Eastern Conference Finals after blowing away Joel Embiid and the Sixers in the second half on Sunday afternoon in front of a very loud TD Garden. My name is Brian Robb. I'm joined for this exposition by Ryan Bernardoni. Follow him on Twitter, at DangerCart. This episode of the Winning Place Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Head on over to FanDuel.com slash Boston to get your first no-sweat first bet. And Ryan, I'm going to take you a little bit behind the scenes here to TD Garden to start Game 7. I was heading to my seat just before tip, walking through the the back tunnels there, and I ran into a former Celtic heading to an active NBA player, heading to their seats with their kid. Do you want to guess who that person was? Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice. Was it Daniel Tice? Because it was Daniel, Daniel Tice, Tice on, the, on the TV. So yeah. yes, I know they showed him, but 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 I knew it was a good sign for the Celtics when players when from other Tice, teams are coming when, to support the Celtics. When players from other teams are coming back to support after that team traded you twice, that's uh, I guess a sign of a tight team, a good team, and uh, that team showed up today for well, about the, the final thirty six minutes of the game, I would say, but uh, really put together, uh, but. The uh, I don't know a performance of the ages. We uh, we have to start with Tatum here. Uh, I'll I'll throw it to you. What what stood out to you most about just what that kind of domination was in particularly in that third quarter? I don't even know where you start with it. Really, uh, we we can't say that we're surprised. I guess I mean we've seen him have amazing performances before. Um, obviously, this sort of stands with the forty six uh, point game six at at a similar stage last year. Um, but he has, you know, he had 50 against the unbeatable Nets team when they when they beat them in that, you know, th- that hopeless series. Um, he's an, a remarkably good playoff performer, uh, and particularly, at, you know, for any age, but particularly at at his age. And I kind of have a feeling to this game, like throughout the series, there have been points where I've I didn't have a great feel for this series, but you know, game two, I think everybody was like, we're going to win this game. Uh, game four, game five, I did not feel particularly great about it. Um, but coming into this game after the way he closed game six, it was just like, no, he found it. He's, he feels like such a confidence player, which is weird for somebody with the skill that he has, that he feels streaky in a way. Um, but you know, we've seen him have just kind of, lose the the jump shot and, and things like that at, at times and to see the way he closed that game and and the, the you know the little press thing after with his you know humbly i'm uh, i'm one of the best basketball players in the world i just had a feeling coming into this game that i now i didn't have a feeling it was going to be 51 on 75 percent true shooting and in one of the you know the fourth 50 10 5 game in playoff history the highest scoring game in game seven history all that i, I didn't obviously you know you don't come in expecting anything that level 
But I came into this game being like, we're going to see something here. Um, and whether or not it would be enough to win the game, you know, you don't know that that going in. But I thought I was pretty confident from him that we would see something. And what we saw was even better than that. It, you know, one of the all-time great playoff games that that anybody has had. Uh, and, I, you know, I said it after he's, he has now two real, like, Pantheon playoff games at 25 years old and, and two of the great Celtic games, which is saying something for, for this franchise. Um, and it just right from the start, you know, 25 in the first half, 26 in the second, right? Like there wasn't, it was consistently just machine, uh, amazing performance. And he was the only one who showed up at first for them. Like, I, I know you said it, a minute ago that the first 12 minutes, I thought they were, they were sort of edgy at the beginning and a little, like a little sloppy, but that they were actually doing good things. It's just like they were sort of offsetting them with like, hey, now I'm going to throw this pass directly to James Harden. Or like they were, I felt like they were a little nervous energy sort of bad things, but good in, intent. At the in the first quarter, uh, I, I the intent was there, like the, to the intensity was there, <laughs> but like the I thought the offensive flow outside of Tatum was 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 garbage. Well, they didn't. Um, yeah, I mean, they only took five th- five threes in the first eleven minutes of the game or something. I think Missoula uh, alluded to that after. Yeah, you want to bet he talked about that? But that it was like <laughs> they were really. It felt to me like they were trying too hard almost, right? It was like that sort of nervousness of like, we are going to go to the hoop because that's what you do in game seven. And it was all good intent, if even if it wasn't like the perfect process and all that. And once that all settled down and things clicked in, you were like, okay, obviously, you know, it got better in the second quarter and then that unbelievable historic third quarter. But we probably shouldn't wander off of Tatum quite so quickly. Um, I don't know. It it must have been fun to be there i i wish i was in in the arena tonight more than in in a, in a while um just to to see what what that was all about yeah no this was i mean this was like a finals type energy for the crowd and the you know we everyone saw jalen brown calling them out after game five um and they brought it they brought it from jump street tonight and the players talked about after the game whether it was jalen or, or tatum um or smart i mean they all pretty much you know gave it up for that because that that energy was there and it was useful early. And then, you know, they things going awry. PJ Tucker was hitting threes and they got down by nine at one point early in the second quarter. And then James Harden's elbow landed, <laughs> turned it, he turned a fast break layup into four points for the Celtics. Um, and it it all fell apart for there for the Sixers. And I think um to your point, like they I think the process was was right early on like the the execution wise defensively was was fine the whole game and they think they they made the one adjustment they needed to and saying okay we're probably gonna have to close out on pj tucker in the corner now because he hit three in the first quarter they did that no one else in the sixers was able to hit anything and that essentially like ended the game um once tatum started hitting his threes and everyone else on the Celtics offense woke up but it was um the tatum part of it for both getting to the line this just the all around part of his game, like you highlight around, like the 13 rebounds, five assists. He led the Celtics in pretty much everything tonight. So it wasn't just like uh historic scoring performance, it was uh as good as an all round performance as you'll probably see in the NBA this year, period, like regular season or playoffs. Yep. Yeah, I mean complete tour de force to have that happen in a game seven, uh against you know, against one of your big rivals. Uh, break the record for game seven scoring only two weeks after it was most recently set um it it was just an everything it, and it right from again right from the start like he goes and there are some real like 
highlight reel moves in there too. You almost sort of you see these like Kevin Durant or, or Booker have had these uh, these big scoring performances before they were eliminated, where it's just like jumper, jumper, jumper. It's like you know almost uh, robotic the way that it's the way that they do it, and and the way that he was scoring tonight. The I don't even know what that move was that he dropped in the first quarter that led to the dunk where he just like you know it was Embiid right he just like dusts him. Yep. Um, the the spin that he scores off of Tobias Harris. That one was, uh, I think, the most impressive one. Like the the spin to like the one, the one where he just leaves Embiid for the dunk. It like I, I, really, I don't even know that. what that move is called. Um, and then there were a couple of threes in the second half where he just sort of one of them over Embiid from the top of the key again, where he just like hangs him out to dry and and hits it over him. He again hit from the same corner that got him going at the end of game six. Um, it, there are just some shots in there that you're like, boy, there's there's five people in the world who can make that shot. Uh, so it, it's really like an impressive watch even for, you know, just looking back at, at the highlight reel of it um, where you can pick out plays and say, you know, amongst all of this, there's all of these plays that that will be on his career highlight reel not because they happen to get him to the 50 points but because it was just like a random phenomenal play in the middle of this game uh and and yeah i mean in the first half it was it was all needed um just to get them to to halftime with the with the three-point lead and then i mean i guess we should talk about the third quarter is maybe the the next topic uh, unless you want to jump around to other players like i think that some of the other players will get kind of lost in this because of what tatum did but Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't know if you want to go to any other players. Yeah, I mean, let's go to the third quarter. I think run, organically, I mean. right? I mean, it was just what it was it twenty eight three was the biggest. I mean, like, it's thirty three to five is the thing. Like twenty eight three is because Patriots twenty eight three. Right. You know, that sort of is where I think people are landing on it. But uh, Harris hits the first shot, um, yeah, hits the three, three coming out, and they hit, and then I think gets two free throws at the end of the. Throw. I don't know if it was he or Maxi. Somebody hits two free throws to to close it, and it's thirty three to five in between. Good God. And it felt like an avalanche. And during that run, I mean, Tatum, the the hunting on Embiid immediately from the start of that being like, okay, this guy's already gassed. Um, let me just get that switch and I'm going to get whatever I want when I, the three is falling in. That's one. But defensively, with this group, back with the double bigs, the long lost double bigs, I don't know what Rob Williams plus minus was in the last two games offhand, but I imagine it was like plus 40 at least um, when those guys finally got a chance together. And this was the question obviously was, do they still have this? So like the regular season numbers with this starting five were, were very underwhelming and it's easy to forget that the playoffs, I guess are obviously a, a very much a different animal. And when this group locked in, when Tatum, I think really locked in defensively during that stretch too, when, he was forcing turnovers when he was just um, providing great help. And everyone, everyone was just at their best at that point. And then that's, again, that was, they were getting out in that transition and that, and that was the game. It, the game was over 
by what, like the, the seven minute mark, the six minute mark of the third quarter. Once that run started, it was like they have the Sixers had no one stepping up at the table just to even put up a fight at that point. Yeah, Rob, uh, Amir minus or Amir plus 37 mm. uh, over the, the, those two games. When, when we talked about before game six about where you would go and I was like, I don't even really know. I mean, like Sam Hauser, where are you going? Are you going to lean into the offense? I, I did not think that Rob Williams had the level of athletic burst that he showed at the beginning of game six right now. No, he hasn't shown it really. I mean, there have been little flashes. There were a couple of games along the way where you were like, is, is Rob back? Like, is this the Rob we've been waiting for is, you know, is this pre-injury Rob? And it just felt like it was an open question whether or not he would ever get back to that level that he had at the, you know, in the sort of middle, middle of last season. And he opened up game six and just looked every bit like that player again. And he didn't really sustain it for the rest of the game. Uh, but that's also sort of the Rob of old where it's right. it's these like bursts of eight minutes where you're like, oh, my God, what am I watching here? It's not 48 minutes of that. It's never been 48 minutes of that. But it's the way that he forces players to react to him and to adjust what they're doing just by the mere threat of that. Well, I remember what he did in the first quarter. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? Uh, and so I didn't even like consider that as a serious option because I didn't think that Missoula would go that way and and credit to him and you know, <laughs> credit to the, the players for forcing him to do it. That choice and the players and whether or not there was front office pressure. I mean, everybody's got their own theories about what it is. I but think he made there was choice. a bit of it was a bit of the everything. I think maybe, but in the honest. end, it's his call, right? Like it's his yeah, lineup. No, it's true. Um, and so he gets the credit for that. But I really, the reason I didn't even like consider that is because I just didn't think that Rob had it in him, and and he's has had such a difficult time with Embiid. Uh, even when he was under, you know, in, in sort of better condition and to be able to, to bring that out, like it's a real game changer for, for this team, for the rest of the way as well, just to survive the series, but also going forward and having to face, you know, them and how you deal with all the, the challenges that, that the heat uh, bring. So if he can play that way, even if it's, you know, 25 minutes a night, 30 minutes a night, whatever, and and if uh, particularly if Tatum sort of finds his jump shot and goes on a heater for a couple of weeks here, then then this team can can they look like the team that they looked like last year when they were just dominating everybody? We'll have to see. Uh, but it you know it saved the season uh, at a at a point where it could have gotten gotten ugly. Um, and then yeah, like you said in, in that in that third quarter, it's it's just a barrage of of everything, and and they they had no answers. Um, like we said, 33 to five, it's the lowest scoring quarter in game seven history. They only scored 10 points in the entire quarter. Oof. I think it's the highest point differential, 20 plus 23, maybe in any quarter in um, in game seven history. And like I said, they scored the first three points in the last two points of, the, uh, of that quarter. Uh, so I, I will always remember it, I think, as 33 to five, even though I suspect that 28 will be will be how it's remembered. And it just I mean, it it happens so fast and you, you almost you're a couple minutes into it and you're like okay it's suddenly a 14 point lead oh no it's it's 17 22 20, and you're just and the game's gone like you said middle of the third quarter it, it apparently is over um and from there they don't get to garbage time until the very end and even then they've got Jalen out there trying to get his applause and all that kind of stuff and it was a little bit of an, an odd way but you you don't expect the fourth quarter of a game seven to be a processional and, and that's what it turned into just nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Um, you mentioned Jalen. I thought he had a sneaky, real nice game here. Efficient, twenty-five points, nine of nineteen shooting. Filled up the 
defensive stat sheet, a couple blocks, a couple steals. And I don't know. I feel like when we talk about the defense here with, with Rob, it's like the story, I think the biggest story of this series now beyond just the switch is like the, the defensive level they got to in these last two games. Like they should have, I mean, game six, I mean, Jason Tatum admitted it. They had him on the ropes in game six. The, the, the offense fell off a cliff there for pretty much the middle two quarters in the first half of the fourth quarter where it was there for the taking for the Sixers. And the Celtics defense kept him in that game. They kept him in that game, this game early in the first quarter tonight when things were just going right offensively beyond Tatum. And now in these last two games, you hold the Sixers to, you know, like what, 92 points per hundred possessions in these, in these two games, essentially. So against a pretty impressive offensive juggernaut when everyone's right on that team. So to be able to see this team get to that level, which they weren't able to do pretty much throughout the entire postseason run at this point, outside of maybe what game one against the Hawks, like that's, that's a really big deal um, against the Miami team that on paper is going to be a lot easier to defend than this team. Yeah. So you can look at the series and say that there were three, must win games right they they had to win two six and seven and you always would like to win five when it's a two two but that wasn't a must win in the same you know it didn't feel the same way so two six and seven uh 76ers this year two lowest scoring games were 85 and 88 um both back in early in the season in um october and november And in those three games that the Celtics had to win, they give up 86, 87, and 88 points. Uh, Now you can look at that and say three-point shooting variance. A lot of stuff goes into that. Can you, you know, can a team hold an opponent to their season low every, you know, whenever they really need to? No, if they played 100 games that were all must-wins, they would not hold them under 90 points every single time. But the reality of what happened is that the three times they needed it, they just didn't let them score. Uh, and in one of those games, they couldn't score themselves for most of the game and, and only pulled away. But even in the game, you look at it, and it, it's it's a double-digit win, except that Jaden Springer hits a garbage-time shot with 30 seconds to go. Uh, but the Celtics win. Well, you know, they, win they were given that with, game by the refs, with, Ryan. Don't forget about that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, but you get my point. Like, even with all that goes on in that game, the last minute of the game is the deep bench that's in it. It's not... The game right. does not go down to the wire. They're they're no. literally they're up double digits with a minute to go, uh, and and yeah, I agree that that's a a very big part of the story of of this series is that when when they needed it, like when this team who make things difficult on themselves, but boy, they're hard to knock out. Like they you know they put themselves in some weird spots, but they're they're experienced in this, and they are really hard to beat when it you know when it matters. And that's a big part of it is that they just could, in this series anyway, say, yeah, we're we're just not going to let you score. <laughs> and and it worked. Um, and like I said, you know, they shot under 30% from three in all three of those games. I think they shot 38% and then 40% in the other three. So some of it is just like, it's like shooting variance. But you watch the level of effort and the way that they defended Embiid and the way that they, you know, a big part of how they've defended him over the years is the way that they're able to turn him over with, with smart and Brown and, and help defenders coming from all different sort of angles and the effort and uh, the level of precision that that sort of defense takes was there in, in the games when they needed it. And yeah, if they can carry that forward, 
into the next series against a team that that has not had a great offense this year by any means. Um, it you know that feels like the foundation of of how they will approach that that next challenge. Um, I would like to talk a little bit. Yeah, I mean the other yeah. thing I know I'm bouncing back and forth on on Jalen. The one thing I would add into there is also really good energy game from him. Mm. Uh, sort of a leadership game. Uh, and again, obviously Tatum will will get all the 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 plaudits and and the headlines here, but everything from the play that you you know that you mentioned back in position and takes the forearm to the face that turns into the flipped around instead of two points for the 76ers it ends up being the flagrant and four points for the Celtics um going after the bench when Niang who clearly should have been ejected from the game grabs him and that's just absolutely wild becomes double technicals for turning around when somebody who's not in the game grabs you like that's an but you know he he's standing up there and 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 showing the energy and there were a couple other plays where I thought going for loose ball there's a loose ball very early in the game where he beats two two 76ers to the ball and turns it into a layup um when like I said the intent and the energy seemed really good even if some of the process stuff wasn't great and I I really thought that that his energy throughout the game uh, and in intensity was was really important particularly in the first half and and then again in the second half things just get going and it all it all runs away and some of that stuff doesn't matter as much but uh, when it did matter, I thought he was he was really there, sort of in a role that we might normally think of as like smart playing that role of that that sort of energy leader. I thought Jalen did a really nice job with that. Eight turnovers for the whole team in that game, and that's probably like like you said, Jalen playing with energy, but also Jalen playing smart. There were beyond just getting picked off at the start of you know the game, and maybe one or two other plays in the first half. There weren't any plays like what are they doing whether it was like dumb fouls or dumb passes, um, you know, maybe some ill-advised drives at Embiid, but that's just part of, you know, part of that. You're, that's just going to happen naturally because he's just a monster down there, but only two blocks for him. Sixers had a ton of blocks early, but that obviously faded away in a hurry in the, in the second half. And I don't know, before we wrap up on the Sixers and go to um, a quick first look at the heat series, uh, we haven't really mentioned Horford at all, but yeah, just a real monster series on Embiid, particularly in these last couple of games with with Rob Williams slave again. There are points in the series where he looked like he was in trouble against the pick and roll at times uh, when he, had, especially when Brogdon was working out with him. But uh, when when it came to elimination time, he stepped up, and even though the the three point shot was not there most of the series, like everything about his defense was. Yeah. And he did make a, what it seemed like a pretty big three at the end of the first quarter when it was That's the, good point, the yep. lead was nine and he, and he makes that three off the kick out, which I thought was a two actually when he took it, because he had it sort of looked weird on the, the TV. And I was like, was that like a long two, but no, it was, he got the footwork right. And, and uh, can the shot that, that felt big at the moment, even though at the end, right. It doesn't seem like any one shot from the first quarter matters all that much. I think the stat that I've seen kicking around was that Embiid was three for 17 when Horford was his primary defender in this game, something like that. Uh, and right. He, the old man just keeps, <laughs> just, he, he'll get mad maybe for uh, not that he's going like, to hear me saying it, but if he heard somebody say it, that, that might uh, make him angry. Although uh, when he's angry, maybe that's the the key to, to uh, the offense. But what did you see his quote post game Horford? Just, I was fighting no. for my life. Oh. Oh yeah, I did see that. One, yeah, <laughs> so it's just like well, he did a hell of a job, right? <laughs> he exactly. well, he's alive, um, and Embiid is is getting absolutely destroyed, uh, hardened even more. But uh, oh 
yeah, the the postmortem on on that team and maybe on that this era of that team is is pretty brutal right now. Uh, we could do it. We could do an hour in that team right now. We don't have time for that, but it's like I, I give like Embiid is gonna get is gonna get wrecked. And but the like the problem with Embiid is that he's never healthy in the playoffs, right? So yeah. I look at this and say that's that probably would have been a four or five week injury in the regular season and he wouldn't have even played in this series. And so to an extent, I have to give him credit for the fact that he played it all and he did have some moments in it where he looks good. Um, but then he had the two days off and you're thinking like, oh, okay, is this going to be the the moment for him? And basically no shows the game, the game. And we can't know how he's feeling or any of that, but he's on the floor and he's never healthy when it comes to the playoffs. And in some sense, that's the difference between he and Tatum. Uh, and sort of where I slot them in in the rankings of the league, it's like Jason's always there. One, he's a wing, and I just would rather have a two way yeah, wing no, in you the just playoffs like, than, a, than a center. Right. As people have know, they know like viscerally, but then at the beginning of the season or when you get to the, at some point in the regular season, you're like, well, clearly Embiid's the better player. But you're like, I don't, I would not take him over Tatum. No. But just in large part because he's a wing. But the other part of it is that Tatum always plays, he's always there. He is the consistent of like the league's superstars uh throughout his career is that he's and maybe and like everybody ages at some point that will change but uh that's the difference is that he always is there in you know pretty much peak shape when when the playoffs roll around and so with Embiid it just never seems to be there's always seems to be something and then to kind of no show this game and again he was better than Harden who has a history I mean Harden was the Harden was checked out in the second quarter and one steal at the start where it's like oh james harden you know picking off of but he, he almost did it at the beginning of last game too where he jumped a jumped an early pass and then i think did jump jump a pass in the first quarter last game after he just barely missed the first uh the first one but it's it's over and over again with him when when it's really the biggest games he just it's not even it's... that he has bad games like Tatum going one for 14 at least means that through three quarters, he had taken 14 shots and that he would keep playing and keep going. Harden goes three for 11. And like by the end of the game, he's not engaged. Like by the third quarter, he's just, he's nothing. Uh, and this is not at all the first time. It's the last season ended with the famous, like the ball did, just didn't find me after I gave it up. And this year, I don't even know what it is. It's, it's, it's just crazy. And maybe he'll go off to Houston to. Yeah. I'll go enjoy some. I mean, he's going to have to listen to Ime yell at him. Vegas but... and whatever else. And yeah, he Ime with uh, Harden and Jalen Green. And the, I'm sure they'll have a grand old time down there. But um, Ime, what a mistake, by the way, to take that job now when you look yeah, at the I mean, jobs that are open. Yeah. Well, I don't know if any of those jobs would go to him, considering that the the questions that people would have to answer and the fact that there's some other really good coaches who are available now who, um, who may be first in the running and you, you probably just have to take the job that's offered to you when when you left the last job under the circumstances that there were um but that's kind of not here or there and i don't know what harden's going to do i don't really care like i don't fear the 76ers i don't feel fear the 76ers when Embiid is healthy um uh, but also how would we ever know because like again we don't don't ever seem to get there uh the fact that they made this a seven game series is a little bit of a credit to them i i guess uh there are players on the team that i do like um but they they just you know, as people are saying, like the the Sacramento Kings have been to the conference finals more recently than the 76ers. The, <laughs> the Minnesota Timberwolves have been to the conference finals more recently than the 76ers. Um, they're they're 10 years into this this sort of era, nine years since drafting Embiid, and they lose in the second round with all these questions every year. 
So now we can move on and, and look to a team that is the opposite, that continually post-LeBron era seems to always get to overachieve in, in the playoffs with, with Spo and Jimmy Butler and, and everybody else. And uh, you guys all get to make your flights to, to Miami that you thought you weren't going to get after the... Dreams, uh, dreams do come true, even though now right. it's going to be 90 degrees... Set. You'll 90 degrees and humid now, so it's going to be no no thanks. Um, don't want it in May, but it is what it is. It's funny now. I'm looking at so I'm looking at the heat here. We're, we'll do a full preview pod yeah, before yeah, Wednesday, but we're gonna we'll, we'll spend five minutes on this series here right now. I'm looking at their playoff game, you know, uh, roster here, and I'm like, oh wow, they have like they have seven guys, eight guys averaging in double figures, and then you look at the list and it's like Oladipo out for the season, uh, Max, I mean, um, Hero also out for. I assume this series, he was, I, I bet he can come back in the finals and be back. But um, but still, six players scoring in double figures. And you look at some of the names on this list, Caleb Martin, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Vincent. Um, Kyle Lowry off the bench. They're still starting Kevin Love. It's it's going to be a really interesting, I mean, I guess the tactical thing is, is you have, a, you have a, a more proven shooter, obviously, in Kevin Love starting for the the double big standpoint from the Celtics, but I certainly it it would be shocking for them to go away from that now, um, despite that uh, potential variable involved where Rob is going to have to guard the perimeter more in this series. I don't even know who their five are right now. <laughs> I, I believe it's starter? Jimmy Bam Vincent Love and um, who's the oh and, and Love, Struce, right. And Struis, yeah. I think that's, yeah, I that's say, it's not Caleb Martin, is it? Because if it's Martin, then that's right. Really it's, where they it's big trouble. Um, um, yes, I think Caleb. I don't Martin. know. That's a whole. Yeah, I haven't thought about it at all. There's a whole conversation we had there. Uh, Derek White, who was a little bit jumped by Brogdon in, in this series, I think has a bigger role to play in in that. Um, but you know, you can imagine a lot of other players who get for the adaptation again. But yeah, there's plenty of time to. To deal with that, especially because the series doesn't even start for a couple of days. Uh, today it's reveling in in the demolition of that that we all. It was yeah, right. It's been a stressful few weeks for anybody who builds a lot of their personality around a sports team. <laughs> uh, the the idea of losing to your rival at an earlier spot than you thought you would go out uh, is is never uh, never feels good. Um, but like I said, they're they're a much tougher out. Uh, when it really comes down to it and and they showed it again seven guys two games in a row too right like they really cut right. down and really just focused on like this is how we're going to get there um and and they did we haven't even i don't even know that i don't have really anything to talk about last game it was a lot of talk about the guards this game not a whole lot to be said i don't, I don't think they all sort of played their part um but i don't i don't know it was a, it was a game for the wings and the bigs tonight which like um a little bit of flip the screen from they did. They took him home from there. But um, all right. Make sure you're following Ryan on Twitter at Danger Cart. Um, East final start on Wednesday. Celtics will get two days off before posting things this time in game one. And I don't know, Ryan, they're they're pretty. I think they're heavy title favorites right now. Not title the f- favorites. They're certainly Eastern Conference title. I oh, mean, they're, they're title Denver favorites. Be... They're, they're championship. I mean, by by Vegas. Oh, not heavy. Like. Yeah, not heavy, but like well, still... the other two. The problem is the other two teams both get knocked by the fact that they play each other. Like Denver sure. and LA, because they have to go through the other one. Right, that knocks so, the odds so that their odds get get knocked down. Uh, they they're they're heavy favorites against Miami. 
Uh, I fully expect them to lose game one, 119 to 117 <laughs> in some fashion where we're like, I, how did that possibly happen? Just because it's the way of the way it is. Uh, but they should, you know, having not looked too, again, not too close to me, like they, if they lose this series, it will, will be a major missed opportunity. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, today I'm still, still having the high of, of that third quarter and of Jason Tatum doing something that we will never forget as, as Celtics fans and um, continuing to uh, exert our, our dominance over the Philadelphia 76ers. So it was a fun day for that. And we can think about all the rest tomorrow in due time. Yeah. That's uh that was a special one. Um, special, one Tatum, special one for this team getting these wins in game seven year after year at this point. And now we, uh, we turn the page, but for now it's uh watch what goes down in Philly in the next couple of days and what the Celtics have up their sleeve as they play the heat for the third time in the Eastern conference finals in the past four years, which is absolutely nuts, but that's where we're at. And that's what we'll bring to you guys next time out here on the winning place pod.